going to be reading from Hebrews chapter 11 in a moment in the series called Gospel Living, which of course is simply Christian living, but being emphatic that Christian living is living that comes from the gospel and not from our own ideas. Before I read it, I would like to remind all of us that there's an opportunity for us to gather for what I would describe as urgent prayer on Thursday evening for the next few weeks to gather together as God's people here at the church. We'll have a room set aside across the hall. If you're nervous about that or wondering what that might look like, let me tell you a little bit about it. We'll have a room that's set aside for prayer, and when you go into the room, that's all that will be done in that room is prayer. There'll be no teaching, there'll be no preaching. You'll receive a guide for prayer using scriptures, so please bring your Bible. You'll receive that in the foyer as you walk in, and the room will be assembled in a way where you're free to pray on your own, you're free to pray for 10 minutes if you want, or stay as long as you wish, or to gather into groups as the chairs allow, and pray with people that you know about things that are on your heart. And the thing that we will be trying to direct prayer to specifically this week, beginning uh, through the next few weeks, is the institutions in our community, beginning with our schools. Uh, children are going back to school this week, and uh, I believe it's in an incredible need and necessity for us to gather, and not to pray against our schools, but to pray for our schools, and to pray for the teachers, to pray for the children, pray for our grandchildren, and uh, for the Lord's mercy uh, upon us. So that's an opportunity that we have the privilege of gathering in that way. That starts on this Thursday at 6.45. There are many voices in the world. And because of the many voices, the world is very fractured. I wish to speak this morning from Hebrews 1 on a gospel voice. And the gospel voice is the voice of the Son. The Son speaks the gospel to us. It is a definitive word, is it an authoritative word, but it is also a gracious word. And as I dive into some things that are very plain and relevant this morning, uh, would you please even now breathe a prayer for me that I would know the boundaries of what to say, how, how a, a gospel voice guides us in our living and in our thinking. I believe that the gospel voice, the voice of the Son, is a fundamentally positive voice for us to have in ourselves, in our homes, and in our culture. And that its basic description is not a complaining voice, but a positive declaration of gracious, God-loving truth to us. Hebrews chapter 1 says this, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke. He spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but significant disjunctive there. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. In other words, a voice that goes right to the beginning. 
He is the radiance of the glory of God. This is now a description of the voice. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. The Son speaks. Praise the Lord. <laughs> the Son speaks. We have a voice. What voice do we listen to? What voice do we most hear? What voice rings in our ears? We live in a world of many voices. This is the voice that made purification for sins, it says. That is the gospel message. The gospel that redeems us to God also speaks to us from God through the Son. The gospel saves and the gospel speaks. It's not enough simply to say, yes, glorious news, good news. The gospel saves me. That same gospel that saves me speaks to me. It has a voice and it is the voice of the Son. The gospel takes what God has done for us in Jesus and the gospel speaks to us about every aspect of living and thinking in this world because it, it's the voice of the Son. The gospel voice is the voice of the Son. I hope you believe the gospel. You must believe the gospel to believe in the goodness of God to us to Forgive us of all that alienates us for him by the mercy of God accomplished in the person of Jesus. We must believe. But in believing, I trust also that our, our ears are healed. Do you believe in healing? I trust that your ears are healed from deafness and our hearts are healed of hardness in order to hear the Son. In order to hear the Son take all that he has accomplished for us and take that what has been accomplished to us and use it to speak to us about every compartment of life, about every compartment of our thoughts, of our brain, of our attitudes, of our, of our speech, of our words, of our relationship, of our marriage, everything. All of that comes down from the cross to us to, to speak to us in a gospel voice. It is the voice of the Son. And that is what gospel living is. Notice the continuity that is described in the text. It was God speaking all along, though there was human agency in the past, but it's the same voice from the very beginning. There's continuity, but there's also discontinuity that God has, a spirit, has appeared in these later days, in these days now, to speak differently. Not a different message, but to speak the fulfillment of all that has been anticipated. That's how it is different. Everything that God spoke beforehand was an anticipation of what the Son would speak in its fullness, in its finality. 
and with all of the presence and the power of divinity. Those of you that are reading through the 10.5.5 program, reading through Deuteronomy right now, would have noticed in Deuteronomy chapter 18, or Moses promised this, he says, there's going to be risen up for you by God a prophet who will speak to you the very words of God. That is the Son. The Son speaks. This is the gospel voice, and this is the voice that the sheep know. Matthew chapter 10, Jesus says, the sheep know my voice. And how desperately we as God's people need to hear and know that voice and trust it. There's continuity, there's discontinuity. Notice also how it identifies the Son speaking. It doesn't say that in these last days the Father has spoken to us, or in these last days the Spirit has spoken to us. It says the Son. The Son has spoken, and that isn't a, a, a Jesus-only kind of theology that includes the Father and the Spirit. Rather, if we would know what the Father would say to us, the Father would say, listen to the Son, as that voice boomed from heaven in the baptism of our Lord. This is my Son. Listen to him. Would you know all that is in the Father's heart for you? Would you know all of the, that is in the Father's will for you? Listen to the Son. He speaks. If you would know and seek the power of the Spirit speaking to you, it is the Spirit that enables you to hear the Son. You're deaf. I'm deaf without the Spirit. But to know the power of the Spirit in our life is to be able to hear the Son speak. If someone says, the Spirit of God is speaking to me, I say, wonderful, what does the Son say? That's what I expect. Because the power of the Spirit is to hear the Son speak. It is our gospel Voice. Ephesians 3.16, Paul prays for the Ephesians this way, that you would be strengthened in your inner being by the Spirit. Why? To know what the Son is saying to you about the love of God for you. Here's the main point that I'd like to work through this morning, and it's a rather, <laughs> uh, it's a rather tedious sentence. So forgive me in advance as I read through this. The gospel, as it comes into our lives, as we believe it, it heals us. It heals our ears from deafness. It heals our hearts from stubbornness. In order to hear the Son speak, it is a message that is definitive. Not, I, I might be able to give you wisdom. I might be able to help you. This might be a good idea to listen to me. It's definitive. The Son speaks definitively, and he speaks radically. I use the word radical because it is a radical idea in our culture today to listen to a voice that is above rather than a voice that is within. That is countercultural. That is to say something completely outrageous in our world today. Everybody trusts the voice within. We all know that. And yet it is rational and reasonable. I can't think of anything more irrational and more unreasonable than to think that I'm going to find the truth that I need in my stomach. 
When I look inside of me, it scares me. When I look inside of me to discover what's there, it keeps me up at night. <laughs> when I look inside of me to discover what's there, I realize that's the kind of thing I need to be saved from. But there's nothing more rational and reasonable than a voice that is the same voice that is the reason for everything. And it is a path, it gives us a path regarding everything to do with living, not some things, not the things that we choose, not the things that we select that are convenient for us, but everything. The Son speaks. It is a gospel voice for everything to do with living and thinking. And that is done by revelation, speaking to us things that we cannot know otherwise about God, about ourselves, about the world. Everything above, all the mysteries that are there, and everything within us, Everything around us, in God, in ourselves, in the world, is declared to us through the gospel by the authority and the power of the voice of the Son. That's the text I'd like to spend the rest of my time entirely in application. Things that I believe are relevant and necessary, that we need a gospel voice, we need to hear the Son speaking in order to have confidence in our world, what I call a gospel confidence, not a self-confidence, which is so nauseating for people, but a gospel confidence that is humble, that is compassionate, but is truthful and is confident. A gospel confidence in a world where agnosticism and relativism rule the day. And secondly, not only to have a gospel confidence, but to have a gospel unity. A gospel unity when there is so much that threatens to divide us. In a world that is so deeply fractured. including sometimes our own relationships and our own families. A gospel confidence and a gospel unity coming from the gospel, from the gospel itself through the voice of the Son. First of all, a gospel confidence. Do you feel muted in our world? Like if you were to actually say what you believe, you would be just outcast. <laughs> you feel like you need a path to even engage on the cultural topics of our day, that you've lost your sure-footedness, you've lost your confidence to talk about the cultural hot topics of our day. That's what the gospel voice gives us. It gives us confidence and sure-footedness in those cultural conversations of our day. The voice of the Son is still the voice of wisdom. But we need to relearn how to engage in a world that lives. I call it the coffee cup slogan. <laughs> Live your truth. It's because they write it on the side of coffee cups. Live your truth which is 
just a smokescreen for the fact of the belief that there is no truth at all, which is simply a convenience to be able to say, I'm going to believe whatever I want so I can do whatever I want. Where do you go? How do you engage? To simply say, well, that's not how I see it, and to engage on the level of opinion simply identifies us as a particular backwards tribe, and they write us off. End of conversation. And so we need to relearn how to engage in a culture where the church and the worldview of the church is no longer at the center of culture. It's at the far extreme peripherals. Our great-grandparents probably never talked about uh, the discussion of why is there something instead of nothing. <laughs> Maybe they did. I don't know. But it's probably the greatest subject underlying in our culture today. Because people are taught to believe whatever they want. The confidence doesn't come from our own wisdom, doesn't come from our own eloquence. It comes from the voice of the Son, who's full of the radiance of God. It comes from listening to the voice that is the same voice that was there at the beginning. It comes from listening to the voice that is the reason why there is something instead of nothing. It comes from listening to the voice that is the only solution for the things that I discover when I look inside. The only voice that can really realistically give me an identity in this world. It is the voice, the only voice, that gives us hope, a future hope, that something that rules over all things and makes sense of all things and will make all things right. Proverbs 28:26. I've mentioned this many times before. I'll use it again. I believe it's significant that whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. But he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. I spend Saturday afternoons in the summer riding around on my motorcycles and often stop for a bite to eat somewhere. And one Saturday afternoon, I found myself uh, eating uh, a snack in a public place at a large table that was shared by multiple conversations. And I don't carry a cell phone with me anymore. And so sometimes it's kind of inconvenient not to be able to stare at something that's in my hands and pretend I'm not listening to anybody. And I think there had been some sort of pride event in the neighborhood that day, and the place was filling up with all of the attendants of that. And I don't wear the right colors, I don't wear the right tattoos, and I don't have piercings in the right place. And I stand out. <laughs> uh, nor will I ever. <laughs> I stand out, and I would have stood out even more if somebody had said to me, so buddy, hey, what do you think of this? Of conversations that were varying smoothly and easily between what color kitchen should be painted and how wonderful gender neutrality is.
And I gave it a lot of thought all the way home. Where does one begin? How does one engage with confidence in the conversations, understanding what the Apostle Paul says about the culture around us, that the God of this world has blinded them from seeing the glory of God in Jesus Christ. And yet, knowing that it's not my responsibility to convince anybody, it is my responsibility to testify to everybody. And I believe the conversation needs to get beyond the subject at hand, beyond the opinions, to the conversation of a voice. That I listen to a different voice. There are many voices in the world. And the voice that I choose to listen to is one that I trust more than anything else because I believe that it was there at the beginning. And I believe that it is a voice that I can trust with my own self and my identity and who I am more than anything else because it loves me. but it's not an idea that is at the center of our culture. In fact, in our educational systems, exactly the opposite is taught. Another reason why I would encourage you to come, let's pray, let's pray together. We're, we're at war with darkness. Let's gather, pray for your children, pray for them by name. Mothers, gather, fathers, gather, pray for your children by name. Grandparents, gather. Pray for your grandchildren by name. Pray for God's mercy upon us in a day of relativistic self-destruction. And may God give us confidence. If you're reading through the 1055 program, you're reading also the book of 2 Corinthians. And I was so encouraged by the Apostle Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 5. That he says, we are of good courage. We are of good courage. Because we know that while we are in this body, we are away from the Lord. But one day we will be with the Lord. Gospel unity. The gospel voice not only guides us in the relativism of our day, but the voice of the Son also is a voice that we need to hear for the contentious divisions of our day. This is barely under the surface in every conversation and in every relationship that our world is fractured. I can, I can feel and see people feeling their way along carefully, even in Christian communities of, of, well, where do you stand? Are you on my side? Do you think like I think? And we're riddled with contentious things. And again, this is something where the gospel must be understood more than a doctrine to believe, but a voice that, that speaks its truth to us plainly and practically.
I hope, I hope you understand more and more what I mean by the words gospel living. That the gospel isn't just a, a, a doctrine to believe, but it's a voice to be heard. And within the truth of the doctrines of, do, of, of, of the, the gospel, in those truths about all that it says about God, about all that it says about us, about all that the gospel says about the world, right there on the cross, that the Son speaks those things to us, and it helps us find our way to be sure-footed and unified. The answer to unity isn't simply to find our tribe and fight for our rights. The answer is to listen to a voice that transcends all of, all of that, that transcends all of the fears and all of the insecurities that drive those divisions and experience the truth of the gospel as a mighty bond. A mighty bond that unites us a mighty bond that is between us, whatever our differing opinions on present challenges might be, and those will persist, the differing opinions. We've been blessed with great unity through divisive times for our church, for which I commend you, for keeping things in perspective. Our citizenship has changed, and we keep that in perspective, but yet we are a very diverse people. We all have our different corners of the internet where we live. We all want God to bless our opinions. We all have different voices in our lives that we listen to. A lot of them are bloggers. We want our voices to become prophets. We listen to the sermons and we secretly wonder if the pastor thinks like I think. Does the pastor agree with what I think? And we'd be naive not to be honest about our vulnerabilities. And so we need more than a vague idea of Christian unity. We need a gospel unity. A gospel unity, a unity that is sure, a unity that doesn't come from our own resources, a unity that comes from our own sense of goodness, our, our, our own sense of goodwill towards another, but something where the, the gospel in all of its truth is actually speaking to us in a profound way as a single voice declaring to us all that is in God to be known to us. All that God would have us know, all that is needed for ourselves to be safe and secure is in the gospel voice. All that we need to know about our world to have a hope for the future is in the gospel and its voice to us. And all of that comes from listening to the Son. The Son speaks. And it is not that the Son needs to tell us something that we don't already know. It's that the sun, the voice of the sun needs to ring in our ears. The voice of the sun needs to roar in our ears loudly. Not down the hall, third door on the left, there's something that you listen to 10 minutes a week. But something that's roaring in our ears all of the time. God bless us with gospel tinnitus. Tinnitus? I've got the second service where I'm not on, where I'll be on camera, so we're okay <laughs> still. Mm -hmm. 
I was sitting in this room a few weeks back with Pastor Paul describing the flood. And it was a very sweet description of how the waters broke out and the plates of the earth heaved and the heavens let go. And there was no place to hide from the waters. There was no place to go. And, and the reason why those were such sweet words to me is because I knew that in the Psalms, the same word is used. The word of the Lord is like a flood. And that is how the gospel voice of the Son needs to be with the people of God. It needs to heave everything in our life, everything in our world. It needs to come from below. It needs to come from above. There needs to be no place to hide and run from it. It is everywhere. It envelopes us. Listen to these words again. Andrea read them earlier from Psalm 29. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry, glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits as throned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. And from that peace comes our unity. That gospel voice of the Son, we try to apply in some basic, simple ways here in the church. You'll hear us use these words over and over again. And what we are trying to do is to, to take the voice of the Son, the Son speaking to us, and ask, what, is it, what does it look like? What should we be expecting as God's people? And so you hear us use these words all the time, that God is real and it changes everything. The church is not a substitute for knowing God. We want you to hear the voice of the Son, to be affirmed week in and week out that God is real and it changes everything in your life. The second thing is that we expect people to be known here. That if we're hearing the voice of the Son, we can expect to be having fellowship with one another. And we, do, we say simple things like, would you please learn each other's names? <laughs> and the third thing is, is that you find a way to belong. Find a way to belong, to, to serve one another, to love one another by serving one another. Join a team. There are so many ways, so many opportunities for you to serve God's people. Not as a substitute for what God might be calling you in your own life and family and community. We want to serve you by equipping you for whatever God calls you. 
but we think that there's tremendous opportunity for us as a people together in our collective strength uh, to do things together where we serve together and we have teams that do so. If you are new to the church and would like to learn more about what does it look like to belong here, how could I serve, uh, join us next Sunday. Pastor Paul will be leading a session for people that are new. If you'd like to explore more, next Sunday at 4 o'clock, uh, please come and join in that gathering. Would you please pray with me? Lord God Almighty, please help us. Lord, please restore us to your voice. Please, may we come and be restored to you always. Use the Lord's day, I pray, to this end for your mercies. Heal us of any stubbornness. Heal us of any doubt. Heal us of all of our self-determinism. Lord, that is so... Um, blasphemous to your love and to your uh, sovereign purposes for our life. And Lord, I pray that you would help us in the world in which we live to truly be salt and light, to be a gospel voice. And, and I pray that souls in our world that are yet in darkness could come to know and to love and trust a, a voice that is of true wisdom that it is of true divine love. And Lord, would you please unite us? Would you please help us to live a life that transcends our, our natural reflexes, our, our natural impulses in conversations with one another? And I, I pray that you would grant us the disciplines in our own heart and life and daily routines that we would have things that would always speak to us about how God is known through the Son, how we are known through the Son, and how our world is seen through the Son. Help us in these things, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.